Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host Tim Figueroa and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? We are in our third episode of our anniversary, Megan. Yes. So it, episode fifty-three. Fifty-three, but it's our. It's our third episode celebrating our first anniversary. First anniversary. That's yes. right. Because you have to straighten that out for me. Because I, I would have probably said it was our third anniversary <laughs> episode. And everybody and would have been she, really confused. Yeah. And we're here with a guy that I love dearly. That's my man, Brian Knox. B Knox. Yo. Hello, Brian. <laughs> hey. How's hey it going, man? Awesome. You still have Thrilled the guitar. To be here. Do you have the guitar hung on your wall still? The Ibanez? Yeah. The one, you know, well, the acoustic. The- you know when we would sometimes Skype and you would sit on oh, the... Oh, yeah. It's just yep. like sitting on the wall. Oh, yeah, still there. I haven't touched it since we Skyped. <laughs> oh, my God. Once you're a parent of young kids, the guitar skills... <laughs> they I just know. They kind of... Everything plateaued. I, I keep telling Tim I want to learn how to play guitar, so I, I kind of... So I have one that I've been trying to work on, and I feel like every time I come in and he sees how long my nails are on my left hand, he's gonna know. He knows you yeah. haven't touched he that. Yeah, yep. yeah, you gotta. Like, your nails have to look like these. <laughs> See, right here from a distance, they look good, huh? Yep. But if you get up close, chewed, Gone. bitten, yep. like gnawed down. <laughs> yep. But that's just how you do it. That's, that's the tell, gonna, though. The nails. The nails are the, the nails tell. are the tell. Yep. Now, if you're a flamenco guy, you'll have one you hand. Yeah, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you got like one hand with like some crazy long nails. They're your right. picks. Yeah, yeah, they're your yeah, mm-hmm. they're the finger pick. Thing. How are yes. John's fingernails? Because John, John, John hasn't been. Yeah, so everyone, John, we're talking about John McConnell, who was on last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. John is like madman guitar player, the best. Yeah, he's there's you can't stump John. No, you could ask him say you could hum something. And he'll put a song to it. He'll be like, "Oh, you mean this?" Yep. <laughs> yep. Can't he also reggae everything? Yeah, everything he can. Yeah, he can reggae anything. Yeah, yep. I think he was like he played with Barb Marley. Barb Marley, <laughs> even though he was too young. Bob he, Marley. He was with Bob Marley. Yeah, he was not with him. Barb. Marley. Yeah, Barb. He wasn't with Barb. <laughs> he was with Bob. Bob Marley. So, anyways, we were Brian Knox, and we wanted to bring him in, and like as uh, so we're doing this. Uh, one year and having some good times. Brian is the guy who in episodes past and yesteryear um, that sat with me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, thanks to a guy, JLD, mm-hmm. in his Freedom Journal, mm-hmm. um, Brian and I sat uh, at a Starbucks and um, just had some coffee and talked. But I think without Brian, I don't think I would have pulled the trigger. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it was one of those things. How close were you to pulling the trigger? That's a question I have had. That's, uh, well, I think. Was it, it bouncing around in there? And then you were like, this is what I need for accountability? Or. Well, that's a very good question. Um, it was more of, it was there, but I feel like. Had it not have been you... Now, I had people say, yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. Do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know how people are. You yeah, know? you should do that. Yeah, you should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was good because I should. I think yeah. I should have. Yep. But I think it was because of you hmm. and just my history with you, our past mm-hmm. relationship, knowing you, but also knowing how when we got together, just that connection and just the momentum that was generated, mm-hmm. I was like... I got to sit with this guy, and then I felt like now I can be accountable. So I mm-hmm. was close to doing it. Mm-hmm. So it was like a hair trigger. Cool, but it was more so of I was resisting pulling the trigger until mm-hmm. we sat down and just the way you kind of dump stuff out. Cool. So I guess I'm curious because I'm sitting here listening to you two guys talk about you know you did the Freedom Journal together and how this podcast came about. So I guess what kind of connected you guys around this idea and how did you get how did you get started in doing the Freedom Journal together and and what was that whole journey like? So that was you. That was me. Yeah, remember you sent me a thing. We I were, do. I do. I'll, yeah. So late 2014. Um, we were in South Dakota for Christmas, and I discovered Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas. Mm-hmm. And I remember 
doing my vision planning for 2015, and I was just like absorbing um, John Lee Dumas' podcast at the time. And then, so I became kind of a just a rabid fan of him, and then started buying products that he put out. And it was in was it in sixteen that we, yeah, started. And um, <clears throat> Tim and I had a past from uh, the church experiences of early two thousands, and um, had kept in touch on LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff. But we weren't like close or interacting every day. And I had just sort of seen what Tim was doing. And and I think I just emailed almost out of the blue. It was, yeah. It was out of the blue. I, <laughs> yeah. I picked high – like I got the journal and it was like you should have an accountability partner. And I really think I I just was like I'm going to shoot high on the list. I fully expected a no. I remember where I was when I sent the email and he replied in like two minutes and it was like I'm in. And we really hadn't exchanged any words in like the prior decade. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just throwing it out there. Do you want to do this 100-day journey with me as an accountability partner? If not, no sweat. And he's like, I'm all in. Well, and hold on. Before you go any further, I would just like to point out what an anomaly it is for Tim to respond to an email that quickly. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because, I'm in trouble. Because like, I'm a zero inbox person, and I'll just yes. say that Tim is not. Yes. Um, so what are you trying to say? Nothing. I just, our email um, management skills are a little bit different. So, exactly. Um, good way to put it. Well, that's, no, well, well that's it's awesome. Good well, way I to guess. Put it. So, we yeah. obviously know like the podcast came out of that. Well, what was what were you doing with the So mine journey? was totally unrelated. It was real estate. Okay. And it was to acquire a single family rental home. And um I just knew that in my entrepreneurial journey, real estate was the path. I had kind of messed around with a lot of different stuff and failed and gone halfway on a lot of stuff. But I got a little traction with real estate and I finally was like, this is it. So like the next thing I need to do is get a house. And that's right when the journal was coming out. And it was like, what do you want to accomplish in 100 days? So I was like, I want to uh, get the next rental house into the portfolio. And so that was mine. And I kind of liked that, you know, Tim's was just this creative, like totally different, um, I don't know, project. But yeah, that was mine. It was cool because he sent me... It was like I got the image. <laughs> like Did I? Was, I yeah, had you it, sent yeah. me. Yeah, yep. he sent me the image and the link. Yep. <laughs> like I, you want to do this? <laughs> it was like I pulled out all freedom. the stops. Yeah, this is my best and sales so copy. I went and looked at it, and I was like, I just because I had gotten some sort of, I don't know, maybe a week or so, two weeks prior to that, I saw it and I was contemplating. Mm -hmm. And then when he sent it to me, I was like, okay. And you know me, I'm a divine appointments person. Mm -hmm. I'm, oh, I believe in divine sweet. appointments. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting, I'm going. All right, you know, what's your excuse? Like, what are you going to do? Right. So I looked at it and I was like, I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. And the cool thing was John Lee Dumas, because I'd been listening to him and I didn't know. So I didn't know he was listening to John Lee Dumas and like, mm -hmm. you know, there, Bob, there, Berg. Bob Berg, like all these other podcasts and people the that he was listening mm -hmm. to I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I started telling him about that. He's like, oh, I, that's who I listen to. I listen to that one. I listen to this one. I listen to that one. And I was like, all right, so we met, and that's when I kind of told him this idea. I just finished up my coaching certification, mm -hmm. and um, you know, with someone that I, once again, I put off for, I don't know, uh, 17 years to actually take a step with. Yeah. Um, I was doing it, but I didn't, you know, make anything official. It was just yep. like, I was one of those people like, I, you know, I don't need to be official yeah. or anything. Mm -hmm. yep. I'm like, I can do this. And so... Brian just kind of helped to just bring all that stuff up to the surface, like in a good way. It was yeah. such a good feeling to have someone that you sit across from who is not in, he's not so embedded. Like I, I appreciate him. I value him. I always have. Mm -hmm. He was always a, a willing participant, servant heart, um, just, just a team player, like all these things about him, but he wasn't like so embedded in my day to day that it was almost like this could be a voice that I think could help make a difference, you know, to get me to like really decide whether or not this was real or not. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that book, because you know how I am, Megan, mm -hmm. you know, emails, that's one of the problems. <laughs> but I hate I hate someone telling me what to do on anything, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. I'm like one of those, I'll work with you, but don't, don't dictate mm -hmm. my direction. Mm -hmm. That book 
scared me at yeah. first. Yeah. But then we sat down and we, you know, we 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 both got ours, mm-hmm. our copies, and then we started meeting. And I think that was like a major turning point. It went from yes, I was committed to I'm doing this, mm-hmm. to you know, this is going to happen. To I got clarity on you know doing something that it was the first thing I think in probably almost 20 years, hmm. Brian, that I actually wanted to do mm-hmm. that didn't turn into something that I had to monetize. Nice. Artistic freedom. Yeah. I mean, and just it's... do it and, and, and to be okay with it mm-hmm. and not, and so not feel like later mm-hmm. on, like you end up resenting that you're giving something yes. away because it's yep. tied to who I really am is I want to mm-hmm. give, I want to build mm-hmm. people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was a big thing because you cool. asked me a challenge. You asked me a challenging question, yeah. but you made it by way of a statement. Yeah. It was because you said to me the curse of being capable mm-hmm. and I have, pickpocketed that from you. That's cool. That's I good. use it. I got some of your lines in yeah. my back pocket. So. <laughs> but that really rocked my world. Mm-hmm. And that was my problem. I had the curse of being capable. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, was capability wasn't what I needed. What I needed was deep work. I needed mm-hmm. my strength and I needed to, to, to function, you know, within that, you know, uh, uh, that deeper potential and belief that mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. within me. And like, but not worry about the dollar signs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you really helped me with that because cool. you even asked me, like, what are you going to do this for? And what I love is you ask real clear, direct questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the thing that really got me to get it from like something floating around in my cool. head to actuality. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I think it's interesting that you guys kind of reconnected and. Tim had this idea of starting a podcast and you're obviously a big fan of podcasts. Yeah. So um, is that something that have, have you always been a big podcast fan? How did you kind of get started in that? Because like we were talking about before the show started, mm-hmm. you know, we have those people out there still who say podcast, what's a podcast? Yeah. Yep. The one that started it for me was Andy Stanley, uh, which is now your move with Andy Stanley. So it was 2011. Um, I have knocked out one marathon in my life, and I'll never do it again, but it was in October of 2011, and I had had someone on Facebook say, you should listen to Andy Stanley, he's really practical, or something, and I think I had just gotten my first iPod, probably like five years late to the game, and uh, just, so I looked him up, and Mm -hmm. it was like, I mean, it was kind of, um, like, it was kind of a beginning form, I think, around then. Like, it wasn't super polished. Mm-hmm. It wasn't edited. It wasn't sped up at all. You know, um, so as I prepared for the marathon, I just would throw in the earbuds and then just run and then just, like, build up for that marathon. Um, so I was I was falling in love with podcasts at, this, at that time. It was a, you know, a spiritual time in my life as well. I think when you're active and you're taking stuff in, uh, it's affecting who you are and who you're becoming. So um, it was an impactful time in those like six to eight months of prepping for the October uh, marathon in listening to Andy Stanley. And then once I basically exhausted that catalog, mm-hmm. his completely. And then from there, I don't know where, where I went next, but I just started getting the next one and getting the next one. And a lot of the voices that I found out that Tim and I you know, had in common that we were listening to um, I would just go and dabble with one for a while and then move on to another one. So do you think uh, kind of your, your love of podcasts or your, um, this thing that you developed, do you think that you've been able to, have you shared that with other people? Do you think you've gotten other people kind of into the podcast world? It's a difficult sell. I keep, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten my wife into one, the Gilmore guys, cause oh, wow. she's obsessed with Gilmore girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, and I can't get her off the one. She's never listened to another podcast. Um, trying to get my mom into missing Richard Simmons. Oh, wow. Have you done? I I think I listened briefly to one, okay. but I got interrupted by a seven-year-old. Okay. I can't imagine. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I find that sometimes that method of taking in content is mm-hmm. just not on someone's radar, and they kind of like don't understand it right. at first. So, um, I mean, I'm a huge like proselytizer for podcasts, and I'm constantly just like pushing out stuff I'm finding on podcasts. I feel like the reception is like lukewarm at best. They're all just kind of like, "What? How are you?" But it's a tr- it's a treasure trove of information. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the library 
in your pocket? Mm-hmm. Well, for me as someone who I'm, I'm not a big uh, music in the car person. Yeah. Um, so to me, podcasts are great because yeah. I would always sort of look for talk radio or sports yep. radio. But after mm-hmm. a while, it's, uh, you know, so I've really enjoyed finding podcasts, especially for those car trips and, and things like that, because I think that it's such a great way to spend your time and yeah. and to help experience just new and different perspectives you wouldn't otherwise. So what was the first and what was what's been one that's that now has grabbed you? So I think that um there's a couple of different ones. One that I've really enjoyed um, that's that's interesting, my friend Nicole told me about. And actually, it, Nicole and I were running partners, and she got me to do my first half marathon. But cool. uh, Beautiful Anonymous, okay. which is a really, I can't think of the guy's name, mm-hmm. but it's basically he you know, puts a phone number out there, people call in, and they can talk hmm. anonymously about whatever they want. Um, for about a half hour. And wow. he, What's that number? And, he, yeah. Yeah. and it's it, and there and I mean and the thing is like it's all different sorts of people. It yeah. is literally insane. And sometimes you know you get upset. Sometimes you you know, you, you like what they're saying. But um, sure, that one that one's good. Um, obviously, I you know John Lee Dumas is, is pretty good. His are a little quick for me i think that i um like the hour long ones yeah kind of the long form but just i mean we were talking about actually um ryan hawk and his learning leader Mm -hmm. uh we had him on a few episodes ago Mm -hmm. i just i think he's a great interviewer and um if you're into i mean the world of leadership uh he he just has great guests on the show so you you know you were like when we were talking and that was the cool part because I remember some questions you asked. Because remember, I meant I told you you said mm-hmm. you know you asked me a question, but it was in the form of a statement. But then you moved into based on that podcast stuff because you really helped me to like you challenged me with thinking like, well, what's your format? Yeah, how are you going to do this? Are you going to just tick off like a standard set of questions? Are you going to? Yeah. And it was really neat because I, you know, Megan, I had no idea what I should do, like which way I should go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and because, you know, I'm okay with taking my time to get somewhere. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like they say, hate to be so trite, but Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. And so you get to figure things out and you can fail forward, right? Yeah. But you were really good at, like, Brian gave me, like, you know, it was like a peacock and just it's you know, feathers flipped all the way open. Mm-hmm. It was like, he gave me a bunch of feathers to look at, you know, mm-hmm. which was helpful for me because I would have just been like, well, let me listen to this guy. And not, not that I can't think, you know, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm always thinking about stuff, but there's so many things that can distract you and mm-hmm. pull you this way or that mm-hmm. way. And you can, you know, my big thing is, you know, I am about a chameleon, you know, we can all start adapting and borrowing from each other. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun, but you were really good about that. Something you did mm-hmm. in that process by asking me those types of questions, you were, you know, you were getting me, it wasn't you telling me which way to go and what you preferred. It mm-hmm. was more so I feel of, um, you know, saying, you know, Tim, if you're going to do this, like there, there are options, there are yeah. ways. Yeah. And so, so with that, you know, I'm curious, you know, what, you know, you shared with me some, like you, you, you're a real estate guy and mm-hmm. that's how you kind of, mm-hmm. when we did the freedom yeah. deal. Yeah. And one of the things that you hated, you told me that, you know, <laughs> you would get into a real estate podcast and like, wow, this is flowing. This is going really good. And all of a sudden it's like now buy my program and yeah they lead you right they lead Mm -hmm. you and it really brought that to my attention like Mm -hmm. don't leave people yeah talk a a little bit about that like the importance of you know we're we're you know we're doing our year anniversary we're having this great conversation with you but just when it comes to people you know the hard sell of getting them into a podcast Mm -hmm. but then when they go you know it's like you know when you eat you know it's like listening to people or reading books is like eating fish take the bones out right yeah so those were the bones for you yeah. Like talk about that, just in selecting those things, dealing with that, the disappointment of it, but not quitting on the medium, you know? Sure. That's a great question. Um, you just can't be afraid to mess around and just try a ton of them. And you can quickly, you know, I was able to quickly tell if someone has an agenda with that podcast, uh, if it is to get you to sign up for this or get you to to buy this next product, and that doesn't mean that you can't glean anything good from it. Um, there was 
there was an inside sales guru. Um, just, I guess I won't say his name, but he was so <laughs> <Yeah>. slimy <laughs> that, it's, that my brother-in-law now uses his, his name as a verb, which just is like anything. <clears throat> his first name's Mike, so it'd be like you, you're Mike in it right now, like which is yeah. just that you're trying to like get something out of me. Um, like I would write him to thank you. I'd be like that opening line for like when I get someone on the phone was clutch, Mike. Thank you so much. And he'd be like, you're welcome. Right now you can buy my next course for 40% off. Just like every every attempt to be personal with him mm-hmm. was met with, here's another product that you can buy. Mm-hmm. I have still taken so much value from some of those podcasts. So I think the challenge is is, is to not throw out the baby with the bathwater, to, to hang in there, to glean some of the good stuff, to understand that some people are trying to recoup, they're trying to recoup the cost of podcasting. They're trying to recoup the cost of hosting and audio equipment and all that stuff. Sometimes they are trying to mention other products, and I think that's fine. Um, but you can't write them off as a creator and write off their content because of that. There's still value in there. So some of them just have higher levels of that than others, and you know some have virtually virtually no, you know, advertisement or promotional. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm a little curious moving away from podcasts, I guess. Um, so I, um, was checking out your LinkedIn page and, oh uh, <laughs> and, and actually, well, I saw a book on there. Was that, it stalking or checking it out? Uh, research. A little, it was research. Research. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> so you're, research. because you, you say research because you stalk. Yeah, totally. It's professional <laughs> research. It's professional it's prof- research. In sales, you yeah, have totally, to totally, but it's research. Yeah. Research. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, <laughs> so, so it's interesting. So, I, um, the book, The Slight Edge, is something yes. that sort of shaped your outlook on life. And, and I read that book. And the interesting thing is, it, it was given to me by um, my brother who was working for a company at the time who I, I believe he, um, Jeff Olson is associated yeah. with. Huh. Um, and, you know, it kind of sat on my bookshelf for a few years. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as Tim and I started doing the business together, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is a book that I should read because other people had pointed out that it impacted mm-hmm. their lives. So hmm. um, I know what I took away from that. What would you say is kind of the the biggest takeaway? Why why is that one of those books that that you'd put on that list? There's no quantum leap. I mean, that's what you take away from that book. Mm-hmm. There is no quantum leap. And it's going to be easy is the sales pitch mm-hmm. that comes out so often is that you you can have 10 rental houses in one year. Right. You can lose 40 pounds in one month. And it's easy. Like that is just the go-to pitch that just, I mean, it just grates on my ears at this point. And The Slight Edge was the first book for me that said, no, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. There is no quantum leap. It's going to be consistent, small efforts day after day after day. And it's he he references Jim Rohn, who says what's easy, it's easy to do those things. It's easy to eat an apple a day, but it's also easy not to do that. Right. So it's easy to forget to eat, eat the apple, but if you can put in that daily consistency and do it, it will have an effect on your health and who you become. Um, I don't know, that book just hit me at the time – at the time in my life when I read it, um, it just hit me in a good way. You know there's nothing spectacular about the cover. It's not mm-hmm. really like a really compelling package of, right. of a book or anything. Uh, but I guess it just felt real to me. Yeah, and I think that it's that whole idea of consistency, like you said, and developing those habits. And like you said, it's just as easy to do something as is not to do something. Yeah. So I guess uh, since you know, after obviously doing the – the Freedom Journal and and you know Tim launched the podcast and yeah. you uh, went after that the rental property. Yeah. Um, what are some of those habits that you have um, that help you just consistently on a daily basis continue to keep momentum? Great question. Sleep. I found in one of my job searches when you're in a job search you're answering all the potential questions that could come your way. And mm-hmm. I found the notebook where I had like written out all the answers and it was like, you know, how do you handle stress is one that comes up all the time. And this was like two or three years ago. And at that time I wrote like for three years straight, I've gotten over seven and a half hours of sleep at night. 
So now it's been like a greater than half a decade of my life that I just don't skimp on the sleep. It's just, mm-hmm. it's seven and a half to eight hours. And um, I know it's not exciting, but it's a choice. I think uh, eliminating sleep gets glamorized and hyper productivity gets, gets glamorized. But so committing uh, to the sleep is one. Giving time to process is just another one, which um, I've done, you know, I've messed with meditation off and on for a while. And whether or not you're doing a consistent meditation practice, I would say just all of us taking a moment to turn off the radio in the car, to sit alone for 10 minutes in the morning when you wake up, get a little bit of distance, get a little bit of remove, and process some of the things that are going on in your life, uh, feelings, you know, emotions, and and wrestling with those and actually feeling them. I think... Uh, it's easy to numb, you know, through a smartphone or through the next to-do or through the next email and just keep that cycle of numbing just coming in because we can all remain so busy. But I feel like I've, I've, if there's growth that's happened in the past few years for me, it has come through giving time to sit and process and think through things and just not rush. See why I love this guy? <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah. I mean, I just, and I've, I've witnessed him do this, you know, and, and, you know, and just to, you know, for those of you who are listening, you know, this is the whole point. Like, this is the Genesis. Like, this was like literally the Genesis conversations, Mm -hmm. like, that I would have Mm -hmm. with someone who doesn't have it all figured out, but Mm -hmm. is daily working toward learning and growing and improving. Mm-hmm. Um and and who has a lot of skills and gifts mm-hmm. could that could have gone any which way, mm-hmm. you know. For me, I lack that discipline that he has because you know, you, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm good at the meditation, sitting still. I can do that. I, you know, my way of saying it is the sacred space in a mm-hmm. flattened world. Mm-hmm. I put myself there to do that. I give myself yeah. the opportunity and the time to just be still, and I'll and I and I'll do those moments. But I also can like go, yeah, sure, I can do this. Yeah, I can help yes. you with that. Sure, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, I can go because I'm such a giver. And yeah. the discipline that you have, because even your shirt right now, we're looking at a shirt that says live generously. <laughs> this is how he is. His heart is a generous heart. He's always been that way. In our first engagements from the beginning when I met you, mm-hmm. how old were you when I met you? Oh, dear. High school. Seven, <laughs> you were 16? Yeah, you were. Yeah, so 17, 16 <clears throat> years old. And his heart was already one of giving. Mm-hmm. So that's always been a part of your MO. The thing that I want to say, though, mm-hmm. is you, a lot of people don't realize the impact of frustrating a giver yeah. or someone who serves. <clears throat> they're, they're, they're some of the toughest people to offend or upset mm-hmm. because they're, they're serving, they're giving. But, and when you reject that, you can close them off. What's kept you from hardening your heart? You know, like what's kept you from being a hard character? I think disposition plays a role. I think some people are more forgiving than others. So there's there's a genetic component in there that you're just like I will I'll this is a regular occurrence in my life, which is you're still talking to that guy? I thought he pissed you <laughs> off. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. I thought he I thought he frustrated you three years ago. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And and it's three years later. I'm sure there were things that Tim Pecoraro did when I was 17. Oh, gosh. That, <laughs> that frustrated the crap out of me. You know, but you just, it's sort of like with the, you know, with the podcast and the marketing. Like, you can't throw it out. You can't, you don't just, I mean, there are going to be some people that you got to cut ties with, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I see the best in folks, and I continue to want to uh, give them a chance to to give all that they have in the relationship. So I think disposition is just a big part of it. Uh, that hasn't come through through study or anything. Mm-hmm. It, that can be a weakness too. It it can potentially be you know a strength or a weakness, but I really just sort of. I think that there's something to be said for saying, yeah, that person did upset me. I guess I'm when you say that, though, and you're still kind of engaged with them. Mm -hmm. Are you someone who 
do you talk through those experiences with them or are you sort of just a brush it off? <laughs> I'm no, a dude, no. man. We don't. <laughs> you just kind of brush it off. Sometimes it comes up. Sometimes. Yeah. You meet up six months later and it's like, are, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. Yeah. So cool. And I think and part of that is probably just part of its maturity. Yeah. Maybe part of it is choosing your battles. Mm. So um, I'm, I'm similar, I would say. I have even the people who I didn't have great relationships with in the past, like I still have a relationship with. Yeah. Um, because I choose, like you said, it's a disposition, <laughs> but I really choose to see the best in people. Sure. And I'm the person who I'll choose to say, well... Maybe that didn't go how I would like, or maybe that isn't exactly how I would do it, but I make a choice to say that people are generally good and yeah. are generally well-intentioned. Now, yeah. not everyone is, and yeah. I think that um, there's a tendency that you can get burned in a yeah. situation where mm -hmm. you are a person who who believes that, but I would much rather be a person who views mm -hmm. life that way and yeah. just says, you know, people aren't intentionally trying to hurt other people or mm -hmm. trying to be bad. Um, it just goes that way. So I, I like that, even though it may not be a popular thing and there's so much of people would say, you know, oh, that person isn't adding anything to your life or that person isn't a great person, but I, I choose to see the best. And multiple chances. So if yeah. you, if the first time we sit down, it becomes clear that you're going to try to sell me on something and that you're mm -hmm. not actually listening, and then I come back again and then you do it again, you know, then we start to have to part ways. Right. You got to give people multiple chances. Yeah. I got a quick tip on the sacred space in a Latin world. So this is one that I want to challenge people to try, and I would challenge you two guys to try this. So I do a lot of coffees with people, like networking, right? So, um. Get there early, get there early, and try to sit for those 10 minutes. Say the meeting's at 7.30. Get there at 7.20. Do not look at your phone until 7.30. Just try it. I know like the workday has already started or the workday's about to start and you're trying to get that jump on it, but just try sitting in that 10-minute space and think about the person you're going to meet with, how to approach the conversation, and give you know, give your all to that conversation and really um, acknowledge, you know, the privilege it is to sit with someone at that point, you know, in the morning. And those are those little tiny uh, pockets of space that you can carve out. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard. Everyone in the Starbucks is on their cell phone. Yeah. yeah. And then you just stand there in sharp relief or sit there with like, no, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. Mm -hmm. And then just let that sort of be the launching point for your conversation is that 10 minutes of silence. And I, so I really like that. Uh, and I think the reason I, I like that is I do think that we are really overconnected. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it's that same idea of when you wake up in the morning, yeah. The first thing, you, you should not look at your cell phone first thing in the morning. Get your morning started. Mm -hmm. um, spend that time with your family. Be intentional. Okay, mm -hmm. and then you can pick up your phone when it's time. But I think that even just the whole idea of preparing yourself to really connect with somebody mm -hmm. and getting yourself prepared even to be in that moment with them and yeah. engage with them and listen to them. Mm -hmm. Because I know as someone who spent a lot of years in the – advertising, marketing, world, client services, and customer service, you are, you're constantly moving from one thing to the yeah. next thing. And you're yep. not giving yourself time to process. You're not giving yourself time to think, mm -hmm. but you're also so focused on all the things you have to get done mm -hmm. that you forget to focus on mm -hmm. the moment and the conversation that you're having mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I'm really thankful, honestly, for, for this podcast because um, – this has really forced me to be a better listener and yeah. more engaged in conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that if people could find a way to bring that sort of a practice into their daily life and into their relationships, yeah. it could, it, it just really makes all that time together so much more rich. Yeah. And you're going to walk away with so much more mm -hmm. than if you're glancing at your cell phone yeah. or looking at your computer or yep. thinking about that thing you've got to do 30 minutes from now. Yep. You know, marketing and what you're saying and advertising in most of our lives, I mean, we're living our lives to be disruptive. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about it, it's like, and that's the whole thing, we're pushing out constantly messages. Sure. You know, it's like, just think about it. When you post, 
Who is thinking about when you go on Facebook at 10 o'clock in the morning and you're posting a picture of the new puppy you just got? Yep. When they're posting, do you think that they're thinking about the people who are going to be looking at that while they're at their job? (laughs) You know, I mean, really, are they even thinking about that? No. Yeah. It's, it's very self-serving. Yep. (laughs) It it is. And, and I mean, that's powerful. That 10 minutes, like what if everybody said from, you know, I know not everyone, I mean, so let's just say in some sort of, I don't know, vacuum, we could do this, but (laughs) From eight to five, nobody Facebooks, Instagrams, yeah. Twitters, yeah. you know, nothing. Yeah. Nothing is happening. No tweets. Mm-hmm. And just because you know you're interrupting somebody. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't be looking at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, why are you posting? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what what are you doing? Like right now. You, yeah. you know, right. not everybody's on that same scale. And I'm not, please, anyone listening, I'm not saying I want to shut down anyone. Mm-hmm. But it is just that whole let me think about. If this is important enough where I want you to see it, I know you may see it sometime, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is everyone's getting notified. And that's the thing. Everything we mm-hmm. do, someone gets a notification of it. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're getting a notification. Here's a notice. Right. You, you, yeah. I'm telling you, you know, bam, do you want <laughs> push notifications? Do you want? And that's the thing. Push. That's what it's called. Push yeah. notification. Yeah. I know what it means. It's like pushing from a cloud to your yeah. phone. But push also means I'm pushing into mm-hmm. your space. You're yeah. saying turn off push. Don't push into the person you're about to meet with. Yeah. Be ready to receive the person yeah. that you're going to meet with at the set time that you've agreed to. Yeah. I know that's a little bit ideal. I understand that. But if you practice that enough, you know what I mean? You can, yeah. you'll, you'll create a new habit. And I think probably improve the quality of engagement, mindfulness, thoughtfulness, relationship, life in general. So think about the message it sends for you when you walk into into wherever you're having coffee and the person is either like on the phone mm-hmm. or are they're just sitting there like this. Think about how you feel, you know, how that welcome feels to you. And there there's a there's a quote in How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think it's from Roosevelt who said, every man is my expert in that I learn of him. So like every person, even if they burned you before, every person you come across, no matter who they are, or what station in life that they are in, they're your expert. They're better than you at something mm-hmm. in that we learn of them. So that's how we prepare for those conversations is that when they walk in and you're not on any device and it's just you and them, you're there to absorb what they're going to bring. They're your expert in some way. It's our goal or our challenge to find out what that is in them mm-hmm. and take it in. Yeah, and I think that that becomes even more important. And and you kind of talked about this even in podcasting. And and we all know they're out there. You know, that it's very like it's a very soundbite world. I mean, it's yeah. it's become so much that I think the average um, attention span is like two seconds Ooh. or something like that. Um, so it's like if you don't have someone in marketing, you sure it's two seconds. That sounds long. <laughs> That's gracious. Yeah, well, but yeah, gracious if, two like, seconds. Yeah, but like yeah, if you land on a website, if you don't engage someone in two yeah. seconds, they're gone. Um, so I think. I think that and just also there are those people I think like, you know, like you, Brian and and Tim, who, you know, you just you're hungry and thirsty for knowledge and information and you want to know what other people are thinking and their perspectives. And I think that there isn't enough of that out there. So, I mean, I'm I'm curious for you as you are as you're someone who I think it seems like kind of this continuously learning do you intentionally go out and look for things to read or to absorb that you know are in contrast with your thinking? I have on the religious front, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I know may not be what you're after, but I think the concept there is that we need to be we need to be grounded enough and secure enough in what we've sort of taken on as our own faith or our own mindset or our own approach to living or our mm-hmm. own outlook. We do need to be stable and secure enough in that to be willing to take in some information from the contrary mm-hmm. and see, you know, see what our thoughts, what our thoughts are are on that and see mm-hmm. if they hold up and maybe, maybe take a little bit from it, maybe borrow a little bit from it. But I think we've got to be open. We have to open ourselves up to being challenged on stuff like that. Um, and to me, I mean, it's, it's kind of just that idea are of being 
being open to just new and differing perspectives. Um, and we talk about this a lot. It's, you know, people surround themselves um, with things that reinforce their own beliefs. Echo so, chamber, yeah. Yeah, so so I think it's just that that thing of, you know, like I know, um, and I, I talk about my dad a lot on this podcast, yeah. but I know that he'll intentionally read um, a book of a politician that he may yeah. not necessarily like or agree yes. with, but he does that just because he thinks, you know, it's valuable for me to understand their perspective uh, in relationship to mm-hmm. what I believe. So, yeah. um, so I, I think there's so much of that out there, and I know we even try to do that in guests we have on the podcast. So sure. Um, I was so I was just curious if that's if that's something that you did. Well, I think that's how we grow, and I think we have to be we have to be willing to have those conversations. And I mean, that was part of the you know when this whole thing came about was that we're not going to just continually bring a string of guests on here and and pat each other on the back and talk about how great everything we've done is, but that that there's going to be some tough or trying or probing, you know, questions and, and we're going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we grow is being willing to, to, to go through those. So true. So Brian, this is your fun side. <laughs> we put you on the spot yeah. in a good bit. And this has been awesome, man, because yeah. that's why you are, you know, you're who you are in my world. And I'm sure Megan immediately, you know, with this is her being her first encounter or engagement yeah. with you. Yeah. I can. I think she can probably already appreciate, like the genesis of this whole yeah. thing. I, mm-hmm. I I know it's already hitting her. You though yeah. get to now ask us anything you want. <laughs> this last bit of this podcast belongs to you. You get to say things, ask questions. You can ask random questions. Oh, I know it's in your notebook. Yeah, he's opening man, his notebook man, right now. <laughs> so, ready? We flip it over to you, Brian. Go. Number one resource that you cannot live without in your daily life right now. He pointed to you, Megan. I know he did. <laughs> the number one resource I can't live without in my daily life. Technological, informational, Netflix show. I don't know. Um, the internet, <laughs> Google. <laughs> too broad. <laughs> too broad. Um, it is too broad. I so I, I will self admit that. Um, I am one of those people who is just so focused on what I need to get done today that I probably don't have a great um, resource that I go to um, for different things. I do know that um, one thing that that Tim really um, turned me on to for the um, Young Professionals podcast Mm -hmm. is Lindsay Pollock. I think that she's really great. Um, But, you know, I, I don't. I probably don't really have like a number one go-to resource if I'm being completely honest. Hmm. Yeah. Me, my number one resource is I would say a blank page, blank piece of paper. Huh. Because it, you know, that it's like the quote says, nothing listens better than a blank piece of paper. And I have always been someone who writes something down, chicken scratch, whatever it is. Yeah. If I can get it out of my head. Yeah then I can re-engage it because my mm-hmm. goal is to, you know, I heard Jack Hayford years ago yeah. and he's a pastor's pastor mm-hmm. and he talked about all the gold people put in their heads and what you need is a meltdown. You need to get it out of your head and into your heart. Mm-hmm. It's got to become internalized. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can do that is you got to put it somewhere. Sure. And sometimes when you put it, if you just give it to people, yeah, it can, it's not that it happens, it's, it's just something that happens. It can either be, you know, solidified or it can end up being diluted. Yeah. If you put it on that piece of paper, it's back, it's you and that piece of paper again. Sure. That you come mm-hmm. back to it, you look at it, and you really deal with it. So for me, if I had to start all over again, yeah, I would want paper and something to write with. Nice. No lines. Mm-hmm. Nice. Back to the coffee networking. Do you ever mm-hmm. look around, like in that ten minutes, like or look around, or like as you're chatting and like think, like I wonder what those two are talking about, or I wonder what those two are talking about. Am I the only? Well, I'm I'm incredibly curious when it comes to other people. So I 
I'm that person who, if I could have a superpower, it wouldn't be, I want to read your thoughts. It would be, no, it would be that I want to understand how you think. So I'm just incredibly interested in people. So I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. always doing that. I just wonder, I wonder how those two people know each other and got connected. I wonder what they're talking about. Where Um, in the relationship it is, whether it's like early or. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm just fascinated by people. So I, I definitely do that. Um, and I'm, I'm that person who, if someone's sitting by themselves and I'm sitting next to them and there's an opportunity, I'll probably be like, Hey, I'm Megan. How are you? Mm -hmm. Um, in, in a coffee shop, not really anywhere else, but it just seems like a place where, you know, Mm -hmm. freelancers go, creative people go, um, to think. And for me, yeah, I'm always wherever I am. If I'm in a, doing my coffee thing and there are people around, yeah, I try to take in the whole room mm-hmm. and to see where people are. Because for me, I'm you know my word. If I have a one word, it's people. Yeah. So I want to know that they're okay, that they're safe, that they're in a good conversation. It's productive. Mm-hmm. So yes, if you're if you ever run into me in public and yeah. we're having coffee, I am more than likely going to be eavesdropping. Same. (laughs) Yes. And as a matter of fact, our eavesdropping, we recently had a meeting where someone was eavesdropping on something and said, I need everything you just talked about. Can I have your business card? Seriously. It was was really, it was that thing where I was like, what just happened? You're like, he was listening to our whole conversation. He asked for my business card. And he kept looking up at me and I kept noticing and I would smile. You know, because it was like, okay. So then before we were, everyone was going down the stairs and then he walks up, uh, uh, hey, um, what do you do? And I was telling him and he goes, <laughs> okay. And he told me who he worked for and it's a big organization. He goes, you know, he goes, now are you on this side of the business or this side? And I told him what he goes, oh, okay. I need everything you were talking about. Um, do you have a card? Nice. <laughs> so I was like, and he was just looking Super up random. what we were discussing, which mm-hmm. was cool, which I was like, okay, cool. He's doing what I do made me feel good not so much about what we were talking about but more so that like okay i'm not the only one that uh is listening to conversations i probably should (laughs) (laughs) squirrel (laughs) if tomorrow if tomorrow you were completely financial free financially free Mm -hmm. so you didn't have to work for money at all but you had a good 50 years 60 years left. How would you spend your days? I'll start with this one because I already, this is just me. What I would do is I've always wanted to put a house in Annapolis, Maryland, where people that would, you know, graduate high school or college and they were trying to figure out where they wanted to go, what to do. I would have that house where they could come live. They would all have to do responsibilities, cook, clean, all the things that were normal, but they could work on their, you know, they, they have to take care of the house. Sure. That would be the requirement. And then they would work on their vision, their goals, their dreams. They would build mm-hmm. relationship and all of that stuff and then give them that time and it would be, they would apply for it and it'd be free. Hmm. Secondly, what I would do is I would do my own shark tank type thing, but okay. it's not... You give the pitch. You have yeah. to come in, bring your idea. Who are you going to be accountable to? How are you going to, you know, how are you making a difference with the thing that you're going to do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I have a whole list of stuff that I would have them do. And then what I would do is with no strings attached, mm-hmm. based on that criteria, that's yeah. their only thing. They have to covenant, they have to make a covenant, which, you know, I can't control it. You yeah. don't legislate love and you don't legislate someone else's commitment. It's on them, but hand them that money free and clear. And yeah. let them go and do that thing with no return on investment. Wow. Wow. Jump. Man, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that. <laughs> that was no, like, no, listen, I've always He's written that listen, in his journal like no, 15 yeah, times. I, I feel I, like. This is where I've been. Like, and I wouldn't retire. Like, yeah. there's no retirement no, for me. Retirement no. is I don't breathe anymore. Yeah. That's retirement. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mine, if, if I was financially free, um, I think there's a couple things I would do. I mean, I I, I would probably just spend some time traveling. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of other cultures around the world that yeah. I've never experienced mm-hmm. that um, I, I would love to experience and just get to, uh, that's that curiosity, I guess, about people and get to experience and meet other people in those cultures mm-hmm. and, and find out more about them. I think that, you know, how I would spend my, my days um, after doing those initial things is... Mm-hmm. 
I, I'd, I'd really want to, um, you know, someone asked me in a job interview once, mm-hmm. they said, um, you know, if, if, if you look back at your life and someone asked you, um, what's the one thing you would want to accomplish? What's the one mm-hmm. thing you'd want to say about your life? Getting yeah. asked that in a job interview is kind of heavy. Yeah, sure. Um, and to me, it was always that I helped other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure what it would look like mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. how that help would would come to life at, at this point in my life. Yeah. But I know that whatever I did, I would want to be investing my time in helping, you know, maybe it's... Um, growing the community that I work in. Um, I'm really passionate about um, helping to get people um, beyond what their circumstances are, especially mm-hmm. if they're challenging. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what I would do is look at the areas of need around me and figure out how I could help make my community better. Sure. I like that. It's a great answer. And remember mine, I've been... You've been working on that. I've been doing that. that yeah, it's like, and those who know me, like who've been around me for a long, long time, like John, who was yeah. on last week, mm-hmm. he knows like he'll hear this answer and he'll be like, yeah, he's been saying that for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I know, I mean, I think that I know there's a lot of people, I think there's a difference between people who are like, I would just retire and I'd move to Bali and yeah. I would, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be on my own. And, yeah. and, and to me, I... Even if I could retire, I think that I'd want to be able to continue to pursue different passions. So mm-hmm. maybe it would be being more choosy about the mm-hmm. people that you choose to work with or where you mm-hmm. give your time, but it would definitely still be um, creating some impact in the world. Cool. What about you? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. We hit, This was his minutes. I know, but I'm curious. Oh, okay. We're, out of so curiosity. I, okay, so I toy, I toy with... When you have a vulnerable heart and a vulnerable vulnerable spirit, I toy with the with the options of like tune out, what is it, tune out, drop out, whatever. Right. Just like mm-hmm. go to the woods and just like leave it all mm-hmm. behind. So like every once in a while, I'm like, I'm just gonna I wanna do that. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is like I wanna make a difference, I wanna champion this cause, I wanna take this person by the hand and help them up, I wanna push into this this nonprofit that I care about. Um so I toy with both of those, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I had coffee just um, after a Saturday morning bike ride with a friend Steve and of mine, and um, he was like, "If you did the four, like if you did that first one and you just dropped out and served yourself and you know did whatever Brian wanted to do, you'd be sick of it in a hurry." Mm-hmm. And as simple as that sounded, it was good for me to hear that, and so I would. Mine goes right in line with yours, which is that I would have to find a way to serve and uh, to serve until until your heart stops beating, essentially. And I guess my my bigger question was, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk says legacy is more impor- important than currency. Mm-hmm. Strongly believe that. Um, how do we – we all, I think, have some – interest in creating a legacy or impacting people beyond just ourselves but what are you what are you and what are what am I doing in the day-to-day to uh, to create that to bring that about I think it's I think there's a sometimes we can think of legacy as like well in 40 years I'll look back and I will have done this or that but we, we don't know if we're gonna have those 40 years so like what what are you doing you know tomorrow to do the legacy, leave a legacy. I mean, I, I, I think that a lot of that. I mean, if if you're somebody who has a servant heart and who cares about people, to me, it's it even goes along with your whole thing of take the time to prepare for that conversation with that person. Mm-hmm. And I think how you leave a legacy is it, it's it's how you it's how you impact other people one person at a time. Yeah. So so what are you doing every day to uplift other people? Yeah. What are you doing every day to inspire others? What are you doing every day to say to somebody who you know has greater potential than they know that themselves, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. are you saying to mm-hmm. them to help them realize that within themselves? Nice. Um I think that I I think that having legacy it it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing yeah. of of um you know impacting you know thousands and thousousands of people your or, name all over yeah, getting your name all over everything yeah. i i think that it is 
what are you doing every day yeah. to add value to the lives of the other people in mm -hmm. your world? Mm -hmm. And what are you doing to make sure that you recognize those people who maybe are undervalued or underappreciated mm -hmm. and how are you lifting them up and how are you, um, how are you just speaking into their lives? Yeah. Great. Yeah. You're dodging that one. We no, I'm not dodging. I mean, I agree with it. It's people for me. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's all about people. And, and I feel like that's the greatest, um, listen, you know, whoever's listening, you know, I don't, I don't know their religious, their, their mm -hmm. religion, their belief or mm -hmm. anything. I believe in a relationship with God. And, you know, for me, in my opinion, the greatest resource we have on the planet is not stuff. It's people. So for yep. me, it goes back to people. Mm. So what she's saying, what you're yeah. saying, that's what it yeah. is. And then you get up daily and what you do is you intentionally live mm. to make a difference in somebody else's life. But you can't do that until you realize that's inside of you. Yeah. So it's like like success. Everyone has a def different def definition of success. Mm -hmm. So define what difference is to you. Yeah. Define, like there's a great book called Let Me Out, and it's yep. like choosing and finding your one word. Yeah. So find that word, mm -hmm. stick with it, mm -hmm. and build your legacy. Because cool. it's the thing that lives when you're gone. Mm -hmm. But cool. here's the cool part. It lives while you're alive. Mm -hmm. Most people, are, we're always, you know, it's always like when you're, gone. when you're gone. And I'm thinking, what about when you're yeah. alive? Because that's what legacy is. Legacy, the, the, the beginning of legacy, you know, is in the next moment, the next yeah. moment, the next moment. But most importantly, it's in this moment. Yeah. It's always where it is. So it's a, what you did in the past, it's what you're doing now and where you're going to go. But if you want to stay on track, you got to define it, define it, pick it and do it. Mm -hmm. So, but mine is people. Cool. What else you got for us? <laughs> okay. So really quick. Yeah. Great organization you work for Habitat. Yeah. yeah. How's that made a difference in your life? So midway through the Freedom Journal, which I wrote it. Like day 60, like Tim and I start pushing into this thing hard. Like I'm going to get a rental and I'm calling all these blah, blah, blah. The opportunity arises um, for me to potentially get on board at Habitat for Humanity, which was just something I knew that I wanted to do. Um, and it was it was cool to reread you know, yourself as you're going through that, reread what you wrote in on your blank pages as you're going through that process and just helps you sort of relive and dwell in that what was a precious time in life. And um, was just fortunate to get on uh, with Habitat Greenville in a role that took everything that I had studied and invested in in the for-profit world, which was inside sales, you know, finding common ground, prospecting, making relationships, building a funnel, building a pipeline, took all of that and said, now you get to take all the gifts that you worked hard to build and do it for a cause greater than yourself. And here's a living wage to do it. You know, that was so at that point, I mean, I say it a lot. I could die a happy man. Also, the Tigers won the championship in 2016. Um, <laughs> Let me guess, you graduated from Clemson? <laughs> what? <laughs> but I could. So, like, that's why I've become so obsessed right. with, like, how are we how are we redeeming our time now? Because once I it, – it's where I am at now, I'm not looking for the next role. I'm not looking for the next step up. I'm not looking to that's become powerful. the executive director. Mm -hmm. And even as those um, possibilities have arisen of, you know, do you want to, you know – look at this or that, I I can say, no, nope, I don't want to at all because I'm right where I want to be and right where I need to be. I'm in my occupational calling. And when you can release all that you've built into yourself into something like that, it's incredible. So, um, I mean, I wake up, it's just like a dream every day. I love it. We get to make a difference. So that's I don't awesome. know. I could gush for yeah. weeks. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, um, Brian, thank you, man. Yeah. I mean, no, really, like we, yeah. like you know, this has been great getting to know you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you too? Yeah, you. yeah. I we stalked each other on LinkedIn. It sounds like I know, yeah. yeah, a little bit. So those questions that you asked in the beginning with me, and how I thought about going into this podcast, I wanted it to be a shelf. I wanted it to have a shelf life. Hmm. I didn't want it to be something disposable. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be principle based. Yeah, you know, people that share principles, foundational things that. You know, they can be used, you know, they're used, yeah. right? It's not just methods or trends or, 
You know, yeah. I mean, methodology is cool, yeah. right? But I wanted things that we know. It's like gravity, it's there, yeah. right? So in, in knowing that, I wanted someone who I would partner with, and there were people I thought about, you know, doing some stuff with, you know, that were available all the yeah. time. Yeah. Didn't work. Then when I met Megan, it was like, mm-hmm. and then hearing, and she, she's so different as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. And but what she owns, what she believes, how she feels, what she yeah. thinks, those types of things. And it adds value to me, and I've yeah. grown. So, you know, this has been like just great, you know, for yeah. me. And, and you are the reason, I believe, you're the reason. Yeah. Like just, in the beginning mm-hmm. that what we're experiencing right now, what we're doing, yeah. you were the main guy. Yeah. To like like really sit with me and help me get clarity. It's so, the ripples, man. You never know where those ripples are gonna go. You don't know how many they're gonna they're gonna be. Mm-hmm. But and you I, gotta start. You gotta send the email. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> That's reach right. you gotta reach out. Yeah, and you, you started gotta, this. You gotta send so the email. So this podcast now is gonna be called Brian Knox or B Knox. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and by the way, we still need to talk about your podcast because <laughs> Yeah, that's right. The this guy's got some great one oh remember the one oh one, remember? Oh yeah. Oh the yeah. One oh one because all the things you ran into that you wish somebody would have said. <laughs> so exactly. we we need to get into that. But um yeah. so Megan, you wanna take us out? So this has been another great episode of Uphill Conversations, where we remind you that your current condition does not match your emerging future, but you can't go anywhere with downhill habits. And remember that you can be more, do more, and have more. But most importantly, you will see me, Tim, and Brian on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.